Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithe of all that I give. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one who exalts himself will be humble, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Lord, help us to understand what you're trying to say to us today through this parable that was given to these disciples of long ago. This morning I want to talk to you about good guys who hated Christ. The good guys who hated Christ. That's the most astounding thing to me that when I come to really to look at the scriptures and I look at the Lord Jesus Christ and begin to understand what really happened, The most amazing thing to me is how these men and women could have looked at the Lord Jesus Christ, perfection itself, the most loving man that ever to touch earth, the most kind, the most considerate, the most understanding man that has ever been or walked upon the face of this earth. How could these good people of long ago have looked at perfection and love and kindness and come to the place where they would hate him is beyond me, as I think in one vein. But then again, when I begin to look at the situation, I can see that there was a miscarriage of justice, the greatest that ever happened here on this earth. I can look at a situation and I can see that it was not by accident that the Lord Jesus Christ was nailed alive to a cross. I mean by that, that they were not overpowered by some force that forced them to think the way that they thought and forced them to act the way that they acted. They were no more caught up within an evil force than we are and can be. They were no more forced to do what they did than you are forced to do what you do. And yet, uh, here is something that just didn't happen. It was carefully plotted. It was carefully schemed. Why did so many people Look at the Lord Jesus Christ and actually seek his death. Well, when I look at human nature and realize that I'm dressed in this fragile thing too, as you are, I know it is a real possibility as I look at the scriptures and the story that is unfolded there before me in relation to the Lord Jesus Christ, that this is a possibility for each man upon the face of this earth, regardless of where you stand today. I do not have to check your heart and your soul to know what mysteries and what evil frequents that place. 
is all I have to do is look at my own heart and soul. And I can see there enough if I would let it run wild that would destroy me. Because of the human nature that we are dressed in, I would hope that we could learn from the tragedy of these men of long ago and we would be able to come to a place where we could more properly order our lives or at least we would know where to be careful and to keep a careful watch upon these hearts of ours. It is said within the book of Mark, the third chapter, and I think somewhere about the sixth verse, you will find that the Pharisees, after they had heard the Lord Jesus Christ speak, it says that they straightway went out and took counsel with the Herodian in order to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I would like to be kind to the Pharisees and treat them properly because they were the good people of the day in which they lived. But where did these religious men go wrong? They were the ones that kept the race pure from the pagan world and the indifference of that time and age in which they lived. And believe you me, that was not a little thing to have done. Even the Lord Jesus Christ said to the Pharisees, and, and this was a compliment in a way, he said to them that they were in the lineage of Moses. No more were there great prophets that walked the earth in this time between the, the last prophet and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the Pharisees were the ones that sort of filled the gap. There was no more Elijah, Isaiah, or Jeremiah, or Amos that walked and spoke to the people about the oracles of God. It was these people, the Pharisees. By and large, they were the teachers by trade. They were preachers in practice to some degree. And they were Puritans by action and the strongest degree of that word. They reminded the people that they were chosen of God, that they were a chosen race. And beloved, there's nothing wrong with that. We know that they were people who were so scrupulous in their manners in relation to God uh, that they would not eat just anything. And what they did eat had to be prepared in such a way. We are told in the scriptures that they gave a tithe of all uh, that uh, they were able to get. Now there was another group of people that only gave a tithe of the money that they got. But the Pharisees won a mild Beyond this, they gave a tithe of everything. If it were seed or harvest or whatever it might be, they gave a tithe of it to God. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were as Methodists would claim some kin with these Pharisees of long ago? Scripture tells us that they fasted twice a week and all probability was on a Monday and a Thursday because Monday the great crowds were in town and uh, the Pharisees would fast in such a way and paint their faces, so some say, so that they could go down in the marketplace because this was the day people came to town to market and they would walk among them so that they would be able to see how religious uh, they really were. No people lived a more stricter life than the Pharisees. You can say what you will against these people and as you will, but let us understand uh, that no charge could be brought against them in relation to whether they'd be lying or whether they'd be cheating God in relation to their tithe because they did not cheat in this manner. 
but they fell in conflict with Christ. Where did this conflict start? As I say, I want to be kind to him as I possibly can. Uh, one fellow has reminded us, a group of us one time, that we are somewhat uh, a Jewish person. He was. Reminded us that uh, maybe the Pharisees were just uh, used a little bit and it was out of character context that we see them today. And that's a possibility, but I doubt whether we're as far out as some would have us to believe. I remember some years ago being out west to hunting. And somehow another came up within the group of the little restaurant in which a bunch of hunters were eating early in the morning uh, that there was a preacher in the crowd. And this one fellow who was sitting close by, he just couldn't believe that a Methodist preacher, especially a Methodist preacher, would be out west just for the sheer joy of just being out and hunting. Why aren't you back taking care of the little ladies at the church? And they thought that they were, the rest of the gang there were razzing me a little bit and that they were just teasing that I really was not a Methodist preacher. So we decided to go out to the firing range to try our rifles out before we went to the place where we were going hunting. And this man happened to be there. Nine times past, I have been, one or two things are pretty good, and that was one of them being able to shoot straight. And we were on the firing range, and some of them were taking a bench rest and zeroing the rifles in. And, of course, being here from the state of Kentucky, you know the repetition uh, the, that we have here. Uh, I just stood and off at 150 yards was able to hit the bullseye about every time that I fired the gun. And this guy says, I know you guys are putting me on. This guy is not a Methodist preacher. He just can't be a Methodist preacher. What would a Methodist preacher be doing to know how to shoot like this? He just couldn't believe the fact that a Methodist preacher could be enjoying something like that. And as he told somebody, he said, what is he doing out here where men are? Well, I don't know. I thought I was a man, but maybe it's some other kind of a race we Methodist preachers are. But the thing that I'm trying to say, there's some concepts that we have of one another. And I don't think we've got that kind of a concept of the Pharisees as they really were of long ago. Notice this situation. That Christ was a man that spoke with authority. That's why he got in conflict with the Pharisees. He was a man that spoke with authority. He wasn't a man that stood up and said he was guessing or that he was thinking that he was hoping. But when he spoke, he spoke and his words were with a ring of assurance and understanding. He spoke, as some said, as no other man was able to speak. He spoke with an authority. He knew, as one writer tells us, and thank God for that writer, one of the Gospels... Writers tells us, the only one, there's only one that tells us, that caught it, that Jesus knew where he was from and where he was going. Where he was going, and by that, he was able to do certain things. Beloved, he was able to speak as no other man was able to with authority because he knew he was from God. That writer is right. And he knew he was going back to God. But they didn't like him because he spoke with such authority. And they didn't like him because he loved everyone. He was only supposed to love the children of Abraham. But he also loved the Samaritan woman. 
and the lesser people. And he loved the people of the marketplace, and he loved the, the Gentiles, and he loved everyone. Those of you who went to see that movie, Oh God, you remember the scene where this young man is in the motel room trying to eat his uh, steak that he has bought, and God is there with him, and, and he asked uh, God at that moment about his son. And you remember God said to him, Yes, I have uh, a lot of sons. And he names them off. And he says, Even that man that sold you that $8 steak. <laughs> I was always laughing at the wrong place in that movie for some reason. <laughs> they didn't like Jesus Christ because he had a universal love. He loved everyone. He wasn't uh, just a lover of the people of the lineage of Abraham, but he loved everyone. And then they hated him because he was indifferent to some aspects of their religious belief and practice. And he attacked them. You remember Matthew and Zacchaeus. You remember the charge that was brought against him because he has association and eats with sinners. He disagreed with them over the way that they went about their business of living. And he was very popular with the common people. And oh, they hated him. Uh, they had a dislike for the common people, the Pharisees seemingly by and large didn't want to have anything to do with them, especially the Gentiles. And yet uh, they were in a position to hate the Lord Jesus Christ because they loved him and showed him such affection. Well, you take it all and roll it into one and you will have a case of hate against the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's one thing to hate the Lord Jesus Christ. There's another thing to seek his death. And beloved, this is a simple way that it came about. I can see it. I know it. This is the way that it happened. It is nothing really mysterious about it. Because you see, when the Lord Jesus Christ spoke with authority and acted with authority, they called him a bigot, a tyrant. A dictator. That's the way it is when a man knows what he's talking about. And a man of love. A man of love. He is not the man for the race and lineage of Abraham. No, he cannot be the one uh, that uh, is really the Messiah. Or he would give us a more of an ear. He is not the one that is of God because he is a blasphemer. He does not have the proper respect for the law. He does things that's contrary to the law. No one coming from God would do the things that he is doing. And he was so popular with the common folk, he seeks his own, his own glory. Oh, I can see it now. He is doing this in order to glorify himself could not really believe that he was the man that he said he was. Whatever he did, simply because they believed about him what they did, they could not see him only in a bad light. Have you ever noticed that when you dislike someone and you really cannot put your finger on it, that after a while you can, and you can think of 14 different reasons why you dislike that person. And that person can do whatever 
is expected of them and do it perfectly. But when you look at it, you don't see it that way. And that's exactly what happened to these people of long ago. The one and the same thing that you and I can fall in today in relation to one another. Now, beloved, what does it speak of? Good men will join with crooks and gangsters and evil people in order to do the thing that they really want to do. It says, and we have heard the cliche of the politician, uh, that they are strange bedfellows. Well, how true that was with the Pharisees of long ago. When they sought actively to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ, they found that there were many other people in groups that were thinking the same thing. Ordinarily, they would not have anything to do with these people. Nothing. And yet, here, when it comes to seeking the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, they join hands with some of the strangest characters of that day. Beloved, you can reach the dizzy height of keeping the law and being morally honorable and clean. And you make no mistake about it. These people of long ago, the Pharisees, were the people that put the Puritans to shame with the way that they went about this puritanical living that they were caught up in. And you can know that you have done the job when you do it. And there's where the trap is almost closed on you. Because you see, if you have a set of rules, as the Pharisees had to live by, and they lived by them at great cost and expense, and time and effort and money and talent, they kept the law. And pretty soon they came to the place where they began to play God. And if you want to really to see what the Lord Jesus Christ thought about these people who began to play God and look down on people as lesser breeds and as sinners and begin to put people into groups, good groups and bad groups and in between and some people we don't have anything to do with. If you want to see what Jesus has to say about that type of living, you turn in the book of Matthew, the 23rd chapter, where he talks to the Pharisees. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. You think the Lord Jesus Christ did not attack? Where he found the evil? Well, you better read again your scriptures because, beloved, the gospels are filled. But Jesus is a heated debate and unhappiness with these uh, people that had distorted to love of God. Beloved, let me say to you, suffice it to say this morning, I do not care what code you might live by. It might be a wonderful one. And it might be as great and as good as the ones the Pharisees lived by long ago. They were good people to a degree. But when it brings you to the place where you lose your sense of love, where you lose your sense of compassion, where you lose your sense of justice, let us then know, beloved, that we have moved from the gospel that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us. Whatever we want to say bad about these Pharisees of long ago, let us understand too this morning before we go home 
that if we come to the place where we make the same foolish blunder as these men of long ago, it would surely be a more hideous crime for us than they, simply because you and I today have the more honorable, the more noble, the more majestic example set before us by the Lord Jesus Christ than they had. Let us then look to our hearts and make sure that there's a place there for love, for understanding, for compassion. Because if this leaves our heart, beloved in all probability, the Holy Spirit is not with us anymore. Our Father God in heaven, may we act upon the wisdom and the understanding that we have in relation to what the Lord Jesus Christ gave to us as he talked in the terms of love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of his words, finishing the work he started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 